Doug okay, Benson. Let's Serious Satellite Radio this week, can you be a dumb dumb? Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live, on tape, from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California, from the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is the Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today as seen on his Showtime special, Neurotic Gangster, as seen hosting the Idiot Test Game Show on GSN, and as seen performing stand-up on comedy stages nationwide and beyond, Ben Glebe, plus a celebrated stand-up comic in his own right, as well as the host of the Doug Loves Movies podcast, the Getting Doug with High television show, and above all, a one-man judge and jury on the brand-new Comedy Central series, The High Court, premiering Monday, February 27th at midnight. Doug Benson, hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hey, I I just realized, and I, some people might be bummed out by this, but I think I found... I know who your voice twin is, Tully. Okay, I've been. Have you heard I, these been, before? No, I've been stealing myself for this because I hear my voice and I go, "Oh, that's somebody not good." No, it's somebody great. Okay, I think. But just hearing you uh, say that opening stuff, I just noticed a lot of similarities in the sound of your voice, and that's Scott Ackerman. I'm gonna confess that I'm not fully familiar with him. That's, is he that's fine. Radio Bang Bang. <laughs> Comedy, Comedy bang, bang, bang Bang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How bad am I that you when you do radio all day, it makes it hard to enjoy radio? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, a lot of us don't pay attention to any other stuff than what we're we're doing. You know, I don't even like to watch other things like, what, as often as I can. What do you can. mean? Like, what I don't watch other stand-ups, mostly what I mean. Yeah, I've like people are like, isn't it fun watching stand-up all the time? I'm like, no, I leave the room. I'd rather talk to other stand-ups yeah. outside of the club. Totally. All, <laughs> I'd rather all, go all outside comes, and smoke. For sure. All that comes of watching is like, you're like, ah, oh, that's a joke. Very similar to a joke of mine. Now I got to talk about it to them. It's not good. All it's the topic you wanted to talk about. Just a, it's just a minefield. I want you to know that my headphones don't work. I'm going to keep them on just so you guys don't feel uncomfortable. I appreciate the look. You're welcome. It makes me feel like I'm doing radio. Yeah. There's probably a knob that No, could... it only works if it like is unplugged and I'm holding it at this exact spot. Oh, yeah. Then it works and yeah. I plug it all the way in and it's mm-hmm. no good. And I can't hold it for an hour. I can't do it. No, nobody would ask you to do that. Thank you. Um, Doug, I... So are you going to take phone calls? No. Why do we need headphones? It's a good point. You can take them off if you want. I I, I like them, but <laughs> you know that's usually why when you do radio, uh, people wear the headphones so you can hear the callers. But it is true; people <laughs> make you wear headphones even like you do their podcast. Like put the headphones on, like we're talking in a room like we just were. What's the difference? Yeah, all of my podcasts are headphone free. Sweet, yeah. I do my podcast on my cell phone these days. What? That's how casual I am with it. I well, I I have a, you know kind of a side podcast thing that I I also record into my phone, but you know it's just me talking. So why do I need a yeah. studio or whatever? I even figured out a, a hack where I have when I want to get fancy and do it still on my phone, I have an app that'll record while you play other audio. So I have a soundboard app that'll I can launch sound bites and theme songs while it's recording the audio in another app. Wow! All headphone free. I heard one time that. Somebody, I think this was an article that was probably on the AV Club. Um, somebody went through an old uh, Sharper Image catalog and determined that every single thing that they sold at Sharper Image in the 80s is now available for free on your phone. Oh, that's oh, cool. Wow. Every item. Well, except for the massage chair. Except for the massage chair, yeah. Yeah. And well, that is going to be the staple of Sharper Image. <laughs> <laughs> it's all massage chairs. I mean, is Sharper Image done? Uh, it's, no, it's a Relax the Back store now, basically. Yeah. yeah. But now there's a, what's the uh, one? Brookstone, Brookstone made a run. Brookstone is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they it's always, like a, a yuppie, they always have the massage chair out front. They and do. And the phone doesn't really, uh, can't do yet the Zen Sand Garden. That's the other one. <laughs> That's the other one. I'm sure there's, I'm sure a, there's a little finger tracing thing, I'm but sure yeah, it's, it's not the same. Uh, so, Doug, I wanted to ask you about your yes. TV show. The first thing that I noticed- it's Judge Doug to you. Sure. From now on. <laughs> you got it. You're Even on it. Even if I get canceled. 
Or jug, for sure. <laughs> this is like a, uh, a presidential thing that just follows you around forever? That's the most fun thing about being a fake judge, is the respect that the litigants would give me, even though we're just <laughs> yeah. saying that I'm a judge. See, I want to ask you about the litigants. <laughs> the first thing that struck me is that n- none of them seemed like they were enjoying being there. <laughs> so you saw some episodes? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay, good. You're right. Yeah, they well, didn't if seem like they've seen the show. You got to open with some sort of compliment yeah. about what you saw. Yep, please. Well, this compliment. is a compliment. But I thought it was very, very funny that you brought out all these people who were absolutely furious and were not only not amused that they were around high people. Didn't even it didn't seem to didn't register really acknowledge with them. it. Yes, much. no, because they are there to win their case and be on television. And so it's real cases. Yeah. Wow, so that's it's cool. just like this from the same pool that they all the. Courtroom shows pull from Judge Brown and Judy and Hot, Hot Bench. Yeah, so... Um, so what's the rationale? Why are they agreeing to have you hear their cases? That Because they... uh, it'll take longer in the actual court system to get it done, and and when you go into a courtroom, no one's going to watch it on television. People want to be on TV. True. And they... Uh, I don't know exactly which episodes you saw, but they... Uh, people sort of... Act up for the cameras. Uh, yeah, I saw a quite ca- a bit. I saw a car dispute and a snake dispute. <laughs> the <What>? snake one. <laughs> that the guy who owns the snake was such a character because yeah. I could not get a straight answer out of him. He was fired up about anything, and uh, and then the guy that he put in charge. You know, he tells some his uncle. Hey, I'm leaving. Watch my snake. And this is uncle scared of snakes. <laughs> so it's like, why? I kept saying to him, why would you put your uncle in charge of snakes when he doesn't even want to be near it? Mm-hmm. And he's Good like, question. and he's like, because he was there and I had to go. The guy had to go get laid, is what the you know what it turned out to be. But he had to service his other snake. This didn't is a he? constant issue for snake owners. But every you know, some people you know, we we show it when it happens. Some people, some of the litigants laugh when I say silly shit to them. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty amazing how seriously they take it and how they call me your honor. And <laughs> so was the snake on the snake? What if you remember why? How'd the snake get out? If the guy hates snakes, but he's still open to things. It's so good. <laughs> well, see, that's the point of contention. He left ben. the snake in the bathtub <laughs> oh. and left the bathroom window open. Oh, that's a good move. So the snake just slithered out and left, and I was like, well, if the bathroom door is closed and the snake is in the tub, how is your uncle supposed to know the snake even escaped? Right. And he's like, he should have checked on it. Okay, I checked on it. It's there. I checked on it again. Oh, it went out the window. <laughs> Checking on it isn't going to keep it there. You need there. a 24-hour surveillance <laughs> on the snake. Yeah, and and even then, you'd have photography of a snake leaving. <laughs> you know, the, the key to the whole problem is where did the snake go? <laughs> did you, you know, did you have a good snake hunt? You know, like, because the guy wanted money for his snake, Ridiculous. and I was just like, dude, <laughs> You know, if you care so much about the snake, you don't uh, leave your uncle in charge. Yeah, the window open was the big mistake, really. What does it say about our legal system that people feel like going on a... That they really brought that... On a TV... No, but that they, going on a TV show would expedite the process. Well, because they say, you know, they tell them, we're mm-hmm. going to shoot this show next week. Oh. <laughs> you know, they're very upfront about, hey, we like your case. You know, the people that got the cases, gathered the cases for us, mm-hmm. Are this? they've worked on all the serious shows. They've worked, I mean, not serious XM, but uh, serious yes, courtroom jo- shows. Your Joe Browns is. Yeah. They, they, those people, they worked on those shows. So they just did that job and went to the litigants, oh, by the way, the judge is going to be high. You, you know, and <laughs> just, just deal with it accordingly. How great did of you, a premise. Does everybody have their own <laughs> does everybody have their own set for this or did we just have one judge after another stepping out in the same TV set? No, you all, you all make your own, but like yeah. my whole thing when when they were building it was like just make it look like all the others. I want I want people to stumble onto this thing, mm-hmm. see me, maybe <laughs> not know who I am, think it's a real courtroom show, yeah. and then you know when we go to the deliberation room suddenly, you know, we're taking bong rips and people would be like what? <laughs> Another observation I had That's about amazing. the show is I haven't smoked weed in years, but I do recall that when I did, one of the things I'd go out of my way to avoid was being around people who created needless drama. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And, I do I do not care for that. Right. And yet, <laughs> but it's really you know when you start seeing some episodes, it's really I just get to sort of sit there. So when they 
when the litigants start screaming at each other, uh, you know, I'll bang my gavel every once in a while, or I'll go, hey. But uh, <laughs> you got the air horn. But the ba- and the air horn is back up, and then the bailiff uh, also is there to help out. But slow down the intensity of your control in the courtroom. There, hey, hey, quit all it. right, stop it. Please. Stop arguing. <laughs> All right, fine. It's uh, yeah, because people get very fired up because people come in there and they are they're genuinely mad at each other, and so many of these people that are suing each other are friends or relatives. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not too you know like a neighbor that you've never met, and then they did something shitty, and now you're suing them. Yeah, you know, a tree fell into your house. No, or you're going to see this guy. And it's binding. What you decide? They have to pay or whatever. It's binding. Well, the thing is, is that here's the secret about all the courtroom shows for small claims cases, is that there this the show has a budget that covers whatever oh. whatever the decision's going to be. I mean, I can't sit there and go, I, I fine for you for a, I decided $700 is enough. I make it a million. You know, <laughs> I'm told, I'm told a, a number and like, keep it under this, please. Right. Because that's our budget. But the other party does not pay it. The show pays exactly. it. Exactly. Wow. So, so you'd think that they'd all walk out of there so happy that, yeah. oh, I lost the case, but I didn't have to pay the $2,000. Yeah. But no, they're still pride, pissed. Pride getting Because nice. they lost the case and mm. they still think they were right. It's because. Everything is is relative. It's been totally proven that people would rather live in a less nice house as long as it's nicer than all the houses in their neighborhood. Yeah. People would prefer to do relatively well than absolutely objectively well. <laughs> yeah. and, so, it, and it just proves it's exactly what's wrong with our entire society and government. It's just pride. It's just ego. It's like I'd rather still be right than save money. It's so weird. Yes, that someone is like, no, I'd rather pay seven hundred and be chosen victorious. But yes. nobody, uh, you know, we shot uh, twenty episodes are going to air, and uh, on all of those, I never felt like, like I imagine a lot of real judges might feel. We're like, oh, that guy's going to, you know, try to find me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that guy might be a problem in my life. You know, like everybody took it pretty well, but they still they still have anger at the other person that they were, you know, in the su- suit against, or they. You know, they kind of vent at the end because we do the standard, like, to camera exit interviews with the the litigants. So we get, there's a lot of, that was bullshit. (laughs) It's the first thing out of their mouth. Just to mess with your (laughs) viewers, you should have thrown in randomly one after, like, a snake dispute. Be like, this man's accused of triple homicide. Doug will decide. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, <laughs> when we initially pitched the show and talking about it and stuff, it kind of came up like, well, maybe you could settle disagreements that don't necessarily have a monetary value on it or whatever. And uh, I was just sort of like, eh, I don't know. Then that just then it just sort of gets into. I, I like the idea that it's just like all the other courtroom shows, it's better. But I'm high, and so is, so is the bailiff. <laughs> So if we get picked up for more, we might have to recruit recruit you to be a bailiff. I would love it. I can't believe you haven't done Getting Dark with High yet. No, I want to do it so bad. Yeah, you call it a TV show in my intro. It's I, w- I struggled. It's a I YouTube struggled. program. Well, but I saw it's also on <laughs> iTunes and Amazon. I don't I don't know where the line is anymore. I did str- I, know, I did struggle true. with the verbiage. That's I want to do it because I bet you've never had a game show host, and I want to. Hmm. My one of my goals in life is to crack the image of game show hosts. Well, I'll say that we've had one, but he, he had a short-lived game show, I think, uh, on Versus, or it was called Versus. Greg Proops. Oh, I love Proops. Yeah, but he's not. He, he's he's more, not known. If for you it. give him the one title, it's probably improviser mm-hmm. or comedian stand-up. Sure. Um, well, I hope my one title is not game show host now. Well, oh really? I, I, don't I mean, really if you had to pick one. one, I mean, Family. for me, people would just be like stoner. You know? Right, right. <laughs> right. Vigilante. I would want if I had one. <laughs> Racketeering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, when we were emailing before the show, uh, I love it when uh, guests are able to suggest things that they would like to talk about with the group. And I always wanted guests to suggest big, audacious subjects, and typically they would rather talk about a book they read or something like that, which is understandable. But right. I love the fact that you just said you wanted to talk about the weirdest life experiences yeah. that everyone here has ever had. Because this is exactly what I want to do on the show, is talk to people about these sorts of things. Oh, and everybody acts me like acts like I'm some weird, deranged hippie when I try to do that in the first 30 seconds of the show. No, I find that interesting, you know what I mean? It's a hard thing to ramp up from, to go from 
talking about your Comedy Central series to that. So I'm so glad that you kind of done it for us. Sure. Does something come to mind for you when you think Yeah, when of- I said it, I didn't even have anything in mind, but then I thought about it for a second. There was two weird moments I, I had um, that stick out. One was I always wondered as a kid where there must be a spot where the rain stops, right? Where, like, it's raining and it's not raining, and you can walk back and forth between these, like, two lands. And I found it one day. I was driving. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving <laughs> through the rain, and then it stopped. I'm like, pull over! And I got out and just kept walking back and forth from rain land to non-rain land. Did you have Did you have weird. dry hand, wet hand? Oh, yeah, I did. Wow. I had dry ball, wet ball. Because I, I, mean, I was going to point out for you why this doesn't actually work that way, but I stand corrected. Well, it does work Well, it can work that way in a moment where there's rain but no no wind or, or movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has to be still mm-hmm. for some reason, which I assume it typically is not, like... Sometimes Rain clouds are always moving through the area. They're never like just sitting in yeah, a spot. Yeah, but not not always. Not always. I mean, think about it. If it, if there wasn't defined spots where you could find that, like it might move in the next few minutes. If you right, feet. that's what I'm saying. I like, like it, it's, 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 it's hard to find it where it's going to last. This one lasts. Like where was, you could just be like this. I was in it for a solid rain, forty-five rain, rain, seconds. No, yeah. Well, that's not very long. Well, but that was enough to to really <laughs> process it. If you're high <laughs> enough, I guess it seems like five minutes. Yeah, I mean, think about like like it just hit me one day. I'm like, whoa! It's if it rains, there's no way it's raining all over the world at the same time. So there's got to be spots where it is and isn't. And I found it, and it was beautiful. That's true. But I also got sick of it quick. Like, about 43 seconds in, I was like, I got, I got enough of it. I, I exited before I needed to exit. Yeah, we're sort of overloaded with wonder nowadays. I really feel like when incredible shit used to happen, it used to kind of make people's, at least, like, day, afternoon, if not day. Like, I feel like that, if that had been a thing that you'd pondered as a child, and it's like you're uh, a, a French peasant in 1200, right. that's that's your day right there. Maybe you go probably see, think it was God and the devil communicating to you at once. Maybe go see if there's somebody you can tell about this amazing experience yeah. that you've had, but now you probably check social media within two minutes. Yeah, of most that. people like laughed at Double Rainbow Guy for being so excited Not about me. it. Not and, me. Like this guy is, you know, he's got to, you know, get his life in check if that's so exciting. <laughs> but, but, but and I, I think part of the fun of it is just it is. Uh, you know, nice that somebody could be that excited about something like it that. It is beautiful, but I feel as though Double Rainbow Guy was probably masturbating during the Double Rainbow. He was like, oh! oh! Yeah, it's a lot of, making a lot of oh sounds. It really was too much orgasmic noise. Yeah. Well, is it possible to masturbate while on mushrooms? Oh, God. Because hmm. I, ha- I just took it for granted that that man was on I mushrooms. I think you could probably get hard. There's no way you're coming. Oh, really? I don't think so. You have to want to, and is it possible to want to jerk off on mushrooms? No, I don't think I've gotten hard. I don't know. I don't, I haven't, I haven't had enough experience with mushrooms. I, you know, tried it a few times, but. Oh, I love them. uh, Still? I mean, I don't do them often. Right, but but still. But why is it that people generally have such a, a positive attitude about it? And then also don't do it often. I don't know anybody that does mushrooms like every weekend or well, simply because it's lovely and it's poison. I mean, you do it and you th- you throw up and your stomach feels horrible. Oh, see, then I did it wrong because I never threw up. Oh, so you didn't get the mushrooms. I, I either didn't eat enough. Or you don't have sm- to throw up. I throw up whenever I do them in Amsterdam. When I do them in the states. I don't throw up, but I just have like horrible stomach pain. That's worse. Like all stomach pain the whole stomach time. Stomach pain doesn't. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't sign off on that. Yeah, stomach pain sucks. But in, but in Amsterdam, it's not bad. I do it with the ones they have, and I'll just throw up after like thirty minutes, really quickly, like once, blah, mm-hmm. and then I feel unbelievable for four hours, five oh, hours. Okay. Isn't I've never been to Amsterdam, but I'm under the impression it's one of the easiest places to get mushrooms, but not necessarily a place you want to be on mushrooms no, because no. of the drug tourism and the people no, no, vomiting no. in the it's, gutters. And no, it's the biggest misconception by Amsterdam. Have you been? Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite city in the world. It's beautiful. It's not like there's one tiny area where there's the red light. But district. you go when the weather's nice. I go if it's snowing or if it's summer. I don't care. Yeah, I've been there in wintertime both times, and uh, I, I just thought it was too cold. But really? I, I did like the, the hot waffles they sell out of carts, mm. you know. Cause the stroops, the waffle stroop. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I have been there when it was cold, and that was another weird moment in my life. I was on mushrooms in Vondel Park in Amsterdam. Oh, and you were like, it's cold right here, but not <laughs> as cold right here. I'm going to bask in it for 45. It actually big was, ones. This it is was barometric almost, pressure at its finest. <laughs> it was almost that because I figured out while high on mushrooms in this park in freezing temperatures how to conquer being cold. There's a chapter in a book I'm writing 
about controlling your body temperature. I was suddenly freezing. It was 30 <laughs> degrees. I was shivering cold. And then suddenly I was like, no, I'm warm. And I literally could harness the heat of the inside of my body. And I was hot as can be. And to this day, while sober, I can conquer the cold. It's really weird. I go now in like cold dip pools at the spa, mm-hmm. 30, 40, or 40 oh, degree pools. Wow. It doesn't affect me. I don't I even like either. shiver. I go right in the ocean. I'm not cold. Tell me more about this book because I'm trying to picture an overall project that this would nestle <laughs> There's into. There's that chapter. <laughs> it's a wide-ranging book. It's a wide-ranging book. It's called When the Rain Stops. Uh, it's not called that. I don't know what it's called yet, but I have working titles. But it's basically all of my different weird life theories and things. I think like basically society sees a lot of things backwards, okay. like completely wrong. Can you give an example? Like the way we interpret temperature, like... Public so you speaking. think that it's not just something that can be conquered. You think that cold is misunderstood. It's it actually is. It's heat in disguise. hundred <laughs> percent. It's not heat in disguise, but it's misunderstood the, that it's this like shock, scary thing. We feel cold and we're like, oh, no, the sensation of cold. It's, it's a big panic. It's a big shock. We need to seek shelter right now. It's not. We used to live outdoors. We used to need it's just it's an alert system. The feeling of cold that just says, like, seek shelter eventually. Like your body temperature will eventually drop to a dangerous place. You got maybe like a day to get to a cave. <laughs> it's not like right now, and you're jittering your teeth. So you just have to reinterpret the feeling of it as just like pinpricks saying like, "Yo, get a jacket on at some point." But not how right long now. could man survive though before they figured out fire? Like, get to a cave isn't going to do much for you if it's you need the fire. dead of winter. You need fire in that cave too. Yeah. Maybe like furs. If you don't have a fire, you need furs at least or sleep so inside So did they the think air. of fire immediately? <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. You got to hope that the rain stopped. I and thought a lot of time went by before they thought of it. Why didn't they all die then, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure or, many did. Yeah. True. So it's just the really sturdy ones, the Ben Glebes of the time mm-hmm. that could handle the cold. That's right. I th- I really and they did, yeah. uh, invented fire for the pussies. <laughs> I have Here you go. Here's yeah. something for you guys who can't hack it. <laughs> Those of you who are me. tired of cutting open dead bears and sleeping in them. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't have to do the uh, Revenant the, style. The Empire Strikes Back thing. Mm-hmm. I have this theory that at any given time, there are maybe like 5,000 people alive on the planet who like, actually do need to be alive to further the species, and the rest of us are just along for the ride. Like, humankind would advance just as much if only those 5,000 best, brightest, most forward-thinking. Because I I consider myself a relatively bright person, but I know that I am not one of those people. I am positive that I never would have thought of stairs. (laughs) It never, ever, ever... I would have just... I would have been like like the Los Angeles of the the, uh, caveman world. I would have sprawled further and further out if I was able to accumulate resources. And it would never occur to me if I just stepped up a little bit at a time, I could get to this whole other floor. You would never think that even if you saw like... A big rock and then a slightly little rock on or the, top of it. Or the pyramids. Or the pyramids. <laughs> well, that would have been the stair sort of... I, I'm not sure. I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I'm not sure. You would not have seen slightly inclining natural paths give you, and thought, this I'll, is not, a thing. No, not me. I'm okay. going to make you re-question your, your particularly forward-thinking, intelligent person. I'm not putting you in the top 50,000 now, to be honest. <laughs> nor, nor am I. I mean, I think about that with parking structures. I've been in thousands of them. I couldn't make one. Oh, that I don't understand. Everybody oh, would crash yeah, into everybody. Make one. That's another make thing. Making one. Thinking of stairs and making them. <laughs> Two different things. Very strong point. I do not understand the physics of parking structures. How the hell are you going up and not hitting or seeing the cars that are going down? I can't fathom it. They must be somewhere. They're somewhere. It's like, it's like baby squirrels. And now I'm going to leave, and suddenly now I'm seeing the exit one, and I'm going down the exit one, and how am I... So what about weird. flight? Would you would you think of flight, or would you just be that's a bird's thing and no one else can touch it? I am still, I don't want to say skeptical of flight because you I'm, don't believe in it. Still. No, I've flown on airplanes. I get it, but brighter people than me have tried to explain it to me, and, and they cannot dumb it down enough for me to wrap my brain around the most basic concepts of how well water is actually like um, air is actually like water. It, it makes no sense to me. I've never heard that one. That's what, what they that always means. say. You can drink air now? I carried on. This is absolutely true. Uh, I'll date myself. In late 90s, early 2000s, I had an extended I am relationship with a married man who believed that I was a young woman because... <laughs> 
A, because I did it for kicks in the beginning, and B, because he kept hitting me up for photos of myself, and I kept saying, I can't, I don't have a scanner, and he's like, well, maybe I should buy you a scanner, and this is when, like, scanners were kind of a cool thing to have, and I was like, I know, I mean, a free I'm, scanner. I'm a college freshman, I can get pictures of girls if this guy, and, and frankly, if he sends me the scanner, I'm gone, I'll disappear, and in the meantime, he's sending me photos of himself, and- Naked photos. No, family photos with the family oh. cut out. Oh, oh, cut out. Family but clearly, out. like oh, when when uh, dad's when dad's kind of like majestically like bald eagle, like looking it's like looking, one look up of and, a photo, looking up and to the right with like a felt background, you kind of <laughs> know where that happened. <laughs> oh, and you never sent any pictures, or did you send girl pictures? I kept looking. No, he never sent me the scanner. Oh, I kept right. going to my uh, mailbox thinking it was going to turn up one day. The son of a bitch led me on, but he also along the way tried to explain to me how airplanes worked. And I said, what a backstory to the fact of how you learned about airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great setup. To... Oh, did I ever say how I learned about airplanes? I was dating a man long distance who was cheating on his family through, and wanted to send me a scanner because he was secretly gay but didn't want his wife to know. Oh, that's how. Now I get why you don't understand flight. Yeah, right. It seems very now you convoluted see my, to you. my conundrum. Yeah. Very Did you ever relatable. see The Aviator? No. Starring. Uh, I wanted to see it. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. No, he no. played Howard That's Hughes. where I learned that <laughs> it was Howard Hughes' idea to to uh, fly higher in the sky to avoid turbulence. Really? Yeah. Air flight, nobody wanted to do it because it was all turbulence all the time because they didn't fly high enough. As soon as they figured out how to decompress. Decom- Pressurize the uh, cabin. As soon as they, yeah, mm-hmm. as soon as they figure out how to pressurize it, then uh, they were able to fly way up there. And that was Howard Hughes was a big part of figuring that out. He probably thought of it because he didn't want to fly in those filthy clouds. Who knows what's in them? Exactly. I don't want to touch those clouds. Mm-mm. Real germaphobe. Amazingly brave to say flying is too scary. Why don't we go even higher? True. Right. Something again that I just don't, I don't possess. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I sit in planes all all the time, going, why is this a why is this a regular thing in my life, and why is this safer than driving uh, a car? It is so weird. How smooth it is. <laughs> why is why are we way up here? It's like and time it's so much now. safer. Why? Yeah. Why and why do you never see any other commercial airliners uh, airlines flying by or near you when you're in a plane? That's how much sky there is. That there's millions of flights, mm-hmm. and you only see the other planes over at the airports. It's really weird. Like, I don't even know if it's... Maybe there's a conspiracy theory to be had here. Maybe it's just time Sometimes travel. Sometimes you look out and you'll see a small plane a lot lower or something. Mm. Yes. But you're just never near other planes. Right. Well, they have the three dimensions to work with, right? They. I don't know that they would ever be passing directly overhead, but they might be Yeah, you could see one yeah, yeah, right. in a different... I've never seen one up higher than the... You know, talking about a 747 uh, seeing another any other plane that's higher. True. Yeah, that's where the chemtrail planes go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Try to keep those out of view. It's just like I always get a window seat, and because nobody can wake you up, it's one of my yes. little life hacks. Yes, yeah. I love that. You I'm can, in. I'm in on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just immediately can. You can fall asleep the second you get to your seat. And I used to be aisle up. guy because then you could go to the bathroom whenever you want. Mm-hmm. But now I'm go to the bathroom before the flight yeah. and just get through the flight with maybe never getting up. Yeah, or get up as soon as the other people in your aisle get up for some reason. I usually never get up. And or then, exit row, you can get up. Kind, you know, as long as it's not huge people, you can you can get true. around them easily. But I, mm. I don't even. So I get on the plane. And I don't even recline my seat ever because I can now sleep Me the entire door to door. I, I mean, sleep. I'll recline it in first class because it in really reclines. Class. And they kind of like are a little leeway with the rules. But there. exit like, row, a lot of times it, it won't even let you recline, yeah. and I don't mind it because I'm, I'm yeah. like you. I can sleep sitting up now. Yeah, I don't need the one inch. And I'd rather sleep the moment I sit till the moment we get to that gate and the bridge is attached. I can sleep. They don't wake you up. Sir, please put your seat back up to two inches. No, don't touch me. I'm good. I'm sometimes, upright. Sometimes there's a broken seat, and they come over, and they go, you've yeah. got to put your seat back. And you go, I it's never broken. moved it. I it's never you. moved it. It's you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Benson, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you or that you ever saw or you ever thought? Wow. Yeah. We're Wait, hard that, was, that was your answer to that question? With the rain thing. Well, I have another That's one. the weirdest? And he said he yeah. had two. The rain thing and wait, the rain thing and the cold in Amsterdam. And, oh yes, I forgot and, about that. And the yes. third, but I don't want to distract. I want to hear, but Doug. Well, I, I want to hear third. your third one because now I really yeah, got to, I gotta to think. think about it. Okay, so my third is sometimes there's a weird coincidence happen that are strange to explain. Okay, I got one. Great, go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm in a hotel room in Chicago, and. 
it's the middle of the night, like 2 or 3 a.m., and I had had, uh, the night before, I had had a, a lady came back to the hotel room and stayed there for a while. I forget if she stayed the whole night, but then she, she you know, she was, go- this is another night, and she's not there anymore. I'm also working with a couple other comics that are staying in the same hotel. So I hear a soft knocking on my door in the middle of the night, just, just really, just kind of persistent, but kind of soft. And I go over, and I look through the the peephole on the door to see who's out there. And the the hallway is completely empty. <laughs> and so I walk away from the door and then I start to hear the knocking again. And I go back and I look again and there's nobody out there. And uh, I never saw that girl again because I just thought maybe it's that girl came back to for some reason. Was she very short? <laughs> no, that's the thing. That's the thing is you could see enough to see, you know, pretty much any size person. It could have been Brad Williams I would have seen him. <laughs> and uh, and then, then I went so far as to go out my door and go downstairs to the front desk and go, hey, I think someone's been knocking on my door. And they were like, well, no one, no one's, we haven't seen anybody moving around at all. Uh, you know, in the last few minutes or whatever. And uh, I never, ever figured that one out. Let me ask you a couple questions. (laughs) Prior to that, would you say that, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely do you think you would have thought the existence of ghosts are? Oh, I'm just not, I'm I'm not a a ghost guy at all. Like, I mean, I don't think they don't exist, Mm -hmm. but I also have no concern that they that ghosts will ever do anything to me. Like when somebody's like that place is haunted, I'm like, let's go. Oh yeah, I'll be happy to go there because it's not. Right. I'm yeah. not afraid of them either. And 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 everything I, I know not afraid of no everything ghosts. I know about ghosts, <laughs> I learned from Ghostbusters. And I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they can eat all the hot dogs they want. Oh, it's delightful. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like watching a puppy. But isn't that I'm why? Happy, I'm happy why does happy. Slimer eat all the hot dogs? What what is that doing? It's that's more like a gremlin move. It's like true. to take a guy's hot dogs. Well, where's all the slime coming from? I mean, there is some sort of matter. Oh, over right. There. He has to eat something. <laughs> He's got to generate the generate slime. ectoplasm. <laughs> How does he keep? <laughs> <laughs> that's what's inside hot dogs. Hot dogs are made of ectoplasm, basically. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, every once in a while, there's a movie where a ghost will nudge somebody off of a balcony and they mm-hmm. die. But for for the most part, I just don't think there's any compelling ev- evidence that a yeah. ghost can hurt me. Right, <laughs> I don't think they can hurt you. I would, I would relish the experience if I could, if I. But I've never, mm-hmm. ever. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost. Uh, Corey Taylor, Taylor, the lead singer of the band Slipknot and Stone mm-hmm. Sour, I believe maintains that he was pushed down a flight of stairs by ghosts. Uh, you know, yeah, they were probably really they probably up. knocked on my door first, and since I didn't answer, <laughs> they went and pushed him down some stairs. Yeah, uh, I had a weird ghost thing. Really? Yeah. I never believed in ghosts, really. Well, as a kid, you're always like, I think a lot of kids are scared of ghosts. Like, I'd go to my, my door at night, and I'd be like, oh, shit, I gotta quickly unlock it and or close like it. like a monsters. Monster. In general. So. Yeah, not not specifically. Not a dead Sheeted soul. individual. No, no. It doesn't have to be sheeted. They can't, I have a five-year-old. They can't put their finger on it. They're just afraid. Mm-hmm. It's a totally natural, you are, it, it's actually kind of not natural in this broad sweep of things that we let our kids sleep in separate rooms for us when they're young and that vulnerable because you never would have done that when there were wolves that might come in the cave. Mm-hmm. So they're totally right to be like, I am defenseless and it's dark and this is not a good situation. It's a negative fire, by the way. So all the animals are going to be like, ooh, warm. It's very much selfishness on the part of parents mm-hmm. to just want to have their own their own space and their own time and also Sex. they want to make love. Right, mm-hmm. right. So... Well, you would think then they would put the kids together in one room so that the kids could at least keep themselves busy and not be like, mommy, mommy. Right, but then kids also want separate rooms as soon as they can get Oh, them. they True. talk a big game when the lights are on. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so I was shooting a movie about a team of ghost hunters. It was called The Polter Guys, and we so we had two real ghost hunters on the set with us that um, would like teach us all the stuff. We'd use their equipment during the scenes, and we did a real ghost hunt, like a seance ghost hunt after one of our shoots, and I had to fly back at like... Five in the morning, I had to fly. They were going to pause the movie for a day. I had to go do an episode of Chelsea Lately in L.A. And we're shooting at real haunted locations in Northern California. We're staying at the Brookdale Lodge, this known haunted 
broke down hotel they only keep open for like random like shoots or whatever there's a river that runs through the hotel where someone died a pool where two girls died half it's burnt down there's weird creepy dolls these burned rooms and at the pool where this two girls died drowned we had the spirit box it's this machine that's supposed to be able to like ghost and communicate through it it has like a vocabulary of 2,000 words and they can like use radio frequencies to like answer questions and just had supposedly a vocabulary of 2,000 words and suddenly uh, out of not even answering a question the fucking voice I swear to God Kellen Coleman the actress you can ask her to verify this The she was there sitting next to me the spirit box says Ben Glebe Flight Late literally says that it said it twice and we were freaked the fuck. I'm literally shaking on the floor. I'm like, what the fuck did it just say? Why did it do that? Why did it say that? And we finished the thing, and I'm freaked the fuck out. And I go to my room, and I sleep for like an hour after this thing. And I gather my things, and I got up too late. to, to I had to like rush to the airport, and the PA is driving me through these windy mountains. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't have my cell phone. And I had to go back and get my cell phone because I had to go to L.A. and meet people and do an audition and a Chelsea taping and all these things, and I had to have my phone. And I went back and sped and had to speed to the airport. was crazy late. Almost missed the flight. They let me through. Like, with 20 minutes till the flight, they barely let me through. And I made it, but I was late. And it was really fucking weird. And you don't suspect that there's any uh, mechanism by which they can manipulate that? Because they got that player piano at the Magic Castle. Right. That you can call out any song and it'll play it, unless you ask for a really obscure one that maybe a guy downstairs doesn't know off the top of his head. Oh, I didn't think about that. Maybe or, it's fake. Yeah, or just something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you just ask him something, you know, weird, and it, like it'll, but it'll make notes to respond like bleh, bleh, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like like r2d2 but piano notes you know very possible but we were asking it questions for like 20 minutes and it was answering in context Wait, what is the part about being late and getting the phone and everything oh because it because it, it predicted that that was going to happen be yeah like something would be weird but about it flight. was a prediction that you could have changed that i could have controlled but by I didn't. deciding to not race back to get the phone first yeah but i couldn't i didn't have the choice to not have the phone i mean it was my fault i left the phone right because so like chelsea lately is going to send you the topics and that kind of thing well i added that and I had an audition. My mom was picking me up at the airport, so I had to meet her and tell her when I landed and get yeah, the ride. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, get you know, I'm going to go back for my Zen garden on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm going to go back for my phone, like no matter what. Probably, right. I'd rather miss the flight than totally. not be with my phone. Totally. That's for sure. But so, I uh, mean, it was within my control. But even aside from that, we were asking it creepy questions. We were like, "What happened?" It was like fire, father. Pushed. I mean, it was just like so creepy. All the answers it gave. Why doesn't that thing have a TV show? <laughs> That's right. I mean, at least a YouTube. Let's show. Let's let that thing be a judge and <laughs> settle people's disputes. Judge creepy box. You snake window <laughs> closed. Uncle. Dumb dumb. <laughs> Not responsible. So uh, let me tell you the thing that the first thing that came to mind for me when you said about not the weirdest things you've seen, but weirdest life experiences. I wanted to tell you guys about the first time that I ever tried cocaine. Oh wow. So I used to work at a coffee shop in New York, and it was a guy who was like a work friend. And we got to talking about Coke, and uh, I was probably hinting about being curious. And he's like, yeah, you want to try? Come over to my house sometime. We'll do a little blow. And I, great. So I went to his um, his apartment where he lived with his boyfriend, and we did, I mean, in retrospect, nothing. I did a tiny little pebble or two, you know. But then we get to talking and as you do on cocaine and eventually he goes I just to his boyfriend he goes I just figured it out and and what he meant by that was that the two of them had moved to New York because they'd felt um, this drive to do that that they didn't understand they didn't know why they were in New York and now it was coming together for them they had decided between the two of them that the apocalypse was coming and that they were essentially agents of the apocalypse and that when the shit went down there were going to be I think like a jury of seven mortals who would somehow be involved in judging the fate of souls well much less than the 5,000 way like less the top seven this is a this is an upper crust this Damn. is a this is a point oh oh one percent and he realized that i was one of those people and that was why they had moved to new york so the first time that i ever did cocaine i was trapped in somebody's apartment with somebody who was telling me that i was an angel of the apocalypse and so was he 
The, so yeah, the three of you were gonna. We had to find be more. Be joined by four others. It's kind of like any 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 Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing where you sort of assemble the crew as you go. Yeah. I mean, you're incredibly lucky. That story could have gone the other way. I just figured it out. We're the two angels. You're definitely not. I mean, you can't tell yeah. anybody. You're never leaving this apartment, baby. Yeah, that could have been worse. I, I, I'd be lying. So how did it, how did it wind down? They said, "Look, we understand this is a lot." To absorb, <laughs> this is this is not a this is a crazy thing that we're telling you. They were very sane about being insane, and we realized this really is skewing your opinion of cocaine. But let me just say, right, it began. I mean, incidentally, a lifelong love affair with the drug. Neither <laughs> here nor there. But they gave me a bunch of books, and they said, "Look, this is kind of something that's been out there in uh, Babylonian mythology, etc. Take this book, read this part. Take this book, read that part." Like. Let this sink in. Think about it. Read these books, and then let's talk soon. So they just sent me uh, out into a Fifty Seventh Street in the cold on cocaine with books. With books. Did you re- did you ever see them again? <gasps> yeah, I, I, yeah, I made lattes with the guy for a living. So what happened the next time you saw him? Did they still yeah, hold to that story? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He's like, look, we're still the Horsemen of the Apocalypse, but like the mm-hmm. latte's a little cold. I mean, <laughs> I got fired from that job. <laughs> So it's possible we never made a, a proper goodbye. It might still be true. That fate might still be awaiting me. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. I guess. It's huge. It's really huge, dude. Is there any chance Doug and I are two of the other four? I mean, we'll have to run it past my guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It, be, what coffee shop do we go into cool. next time it'd we're be, in New York? It'd be cool by me. Oh, it's over by Lincoln Center. It's a great little place. Okay. Yeah, try the Americano. Okay. <laughs> sounds so, lovely. Uh, Doug, you are mm-hmm. strongly associated with motion pictures. Talking about them, yeah. Doug loves movies. Yeah, you do. Keep yeah. hearing that about you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're a judge. You're just a judge and a movie <laughs> studio owner and a movie <laughs> critic who loves movies and and getting high. I'm all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, multiverse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, when somebody comes along and says I'm one of those things, I lash out at them. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's so much to me. Yeah. You're just the judge who loves movies asking America to love her. <laughs> so the uh, the Oscars- A little, a little Notting Hill reference for you. Will be yeah. happening- I just don't know why is, it became a her at the end. Well, because that's the line. It needed to oh, yeah. tie into the You're line. Right. The, wait. It had to oh, remind yeah, yeah. you of the line. You're right. <laughs> You're right. The Oscars will be <laughs> happening, depending on people listening to this, tonight or yesterday or a couple days ago. Oh, here's ago. a famous movie line. You, Ben, glebe me. <laughs> it's so funny how that line has had such legs. Stop it. You had me at hello. <laughs> that was uh, featured prominently in Lego Batman. Did you guys catch? It's true. What'd you think? Lego Of what? Lego Batman. Um, I, I mean, I'm... Not contractually obligated to like it, but considering I'm in it, I... I oh, shit, I forgot very, that about very you. excited about that. You oh, are? I, cool. I was going to ask you about that. You're Bane. Yeah, I play Bane. In no Bane. way. Yeah, that's true. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a plot point in your movie. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> that's pretty damn cool. It's Yeah, I just went around doing a Bane impression so much for so many years, so, you know, since the Tom Hardy uh, Dark Knight Rises came out, that uh, the... Uh, dude that directed the movie and a lot of people involved in it were like uh had actually been to like dlm uh, douglas movies tapings and stuff and uh they were just like oh let's just get him to do it when they were deciding who to get for bane and uh and then for some reason it never you know no one like at warner brothers went who (laughs) who's this guy because they really you know there's a lot of cameos but yeah they stacked the legit people in that that's awesome so i was very 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 happy to do it can you do the bane for a second can I? Would you? <laughs> you do the rest of the show as Bane. <laughs> Come out of the shadows, Ben Glebe. <laughs> Stand here where the rain falls on one side. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've got the That's exact awesome. same scared half boner I had when I saw the Batman movies. <laughs> Control your weather, Ben Glebe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> You're working me into this. I'm going to take sound bites and edit it into the movie and show it to my little nephew and freak him out. Well, my favorite thing is when, uh, not my favorite thing, but a thing that's fun in the movie is when they shoot guns, there's no gunfire sounds. The characters make gunshot noises. Pew. Exactly. Pew, pew. They do that. And uh, unfortunately, Bane never actually holds a gun in the movie, mm. uh, so they didn't, they didn't use mine, but they asked me to do it so they'd have it. You know, and uh, it, go? it goes like this. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> and a pew for you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So that was super fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were uh, disappointed by the movie? Uh, well, it's... It's funny to me how the it was I guess it's more just like it's a win for Christian Bale that his characterization of Batman has now become like there have been many Batmen over the years and his is now the de facto Batman. Just because you think that's what Will, I mean, Will Arnett's sort of doing his voice. Well, I understand that that's the way Will Arnett talks, but yeah, I think he got the role because I think just the person, everything that that voice implies, because you know when you play. You don't really play Batman. The suit plays Batman. Yeah, you yeah. play Bruce Wayne, yeah. right? So the only thing that's really left for you to do is is to have some vocal inflection, and he, which is and, a pretty hilarious part of the whole thing. To me, yeah. it's like Clark Kent's glasses. It's like, why are people falling for this? Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, and I never got on board with Christian Bale's voice. I thought it was just way too gravelly. It was ridiculous. well. I think by the end of the third one, people were pretty over it. Like there's yeah. that. There's that part where uh, uh, where he's talking to Catwoman and she disappears, and you know how Batman's always disappearing on people. Yes, and then he and then he goes, "So that's what that feels like." And I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, you're alone. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why do you still?" <laughs> you know that's the voice he makes when he jerks off back in the cave. I uh, come back, Catwoman. <laughs> Bring that pussy back over here. Because I always had that feeling that that was, I know he's Christian Bale and he makes actory actor decisions that he would be thinking, I need to conceal that I'm Bruce Wayne. So yeah. I have to adopt some exaggerated way of speaking so that people couldn't guess my right. identity, which, I mean, obviously in a movie, if it's not cool, it's not going to fly. But there was some sort of actorly decision behind that. Maybe I'm giving him. But you know, Adam credit. West talked exactly the same. Uh, as both, as Batman, you know, and and and, and you know, and, and because of the mask, everyone was like, "Okay, we get this." That you know, and also my the eyes, whole thing was so silly. I'm not even covering my eyes; just above and below the eye. But I I'm think, <laughs> I think that uh, Will Arnett's, uh, you know, the voice is very uh, Christian Bale, but the characterization is, uh, you know, pulls from all of Batman's history. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yes, and that's does. that's what I really love about the movie is just the way they they just touch on all of it. Like, there's so much going on in that movie. It's who, neat how they sort of represent it as one character, that it, as one individual yeah, and who, even has, like, who has evolved through the years as opposed to being the different incarnations of the Yeah, Batman. and he's even, you know, they even refer to him like, uh, you know, I've been the number one superhero for 70 years and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I look good, you know? Right, right. And it's, uh, you know, no, no attempt to act old at all, you know? Who's your favorite Batman? If you had to choose. Oh, well, that's the crazy thing about it is like, you know, maybe Christian Bale has kind of cemented what he's going to sound like uh, mm-hmm. and then Will Arnett, Will Arnett continued it. But I really like Lego Batman. I really because well, because he's funny and Batman's rarely funny except for maybe Adam West. And also, uh, you know, it just uh, touches on. Without getting too corny, it touches on uh, emotions and stuff that, you know, no other Batman's been allowed to Hmm. get near. You know, like, Christian Bale is just tortured, you know, and George Clooney and Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton are all just, I mean... What what is their thing? (laughs) What is their thing even other than, uh, you know... I put on this outfit and fight crime. Yeah, they don't seem to have a ton riding on it personally. Michael Keaton yeah. was, was my favorite, though, because I thought he was the best different vibe between Bruce Wayne and Batman. He was the most like Clark yes. Kent to Superman. Well, that's the thing. Was, like, like, it goofy, ended up being inspired, funny. even though the initial announcement that it was going to be him made all the comic book nerds flip their shit. Right. Sure. In retrospect, it was going to be, it was a couple different things. It, it, was a, it was a Tim Burton Batman movie, which meant that it was only... 
it was as much a Tim Burton movie as it was a Batman movie. But right, as I said earlier, you don't. The suit plays Batman. You play Bruce Wayne. If it's George Clooney, everybody figures that out. I actually thought there was a chance Gotham might not figure out that Michael Keaton was Batman. Right, totally. I thought he was the most different. It was like Christopher Reeve was the most different. He was the best Clark Kent to Superman. He seemed like different humans. He was so nerdy and uncomfortable as Clark Kent. And then as Superman, he was the suavest, pimpest guy. You're not linking those two. <laughs> yeah, Michael Keaton also like like his hairline and stuff. You know, like like those other guys are all just crazy handsome and yeah. perfect when they're not in the bat costume. But he, <laughs> you know, it, it is more of a surprise that it turns out to be him in there. You know, basically Michael, basically Christian Bale did for his Batman voice Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice voice. Basically, he went from mm-hmm. a bunch of losers to a bunch of losers. Very close. Yeah, very very similar. I, uh, you know. Uh, and Michael Keaton, like you said, doesn't really seem to have that much fun being Batman. He just shows up, you know. Yeah, it's hard to imagine him relishing mm-hmm. the training. He just kind of stands around, involved. and you know, <laughs> the you know, fight scenes was, are pretty rudimentary. He was bored in the Batman scenes. He just loved the <laughs> com- comic banter of the Bruce Wayne scenes. Like, oh, got to be Batman again now. Got to hold Kim Basinger down a wire. Uh, Doug, you took an interest in the children's movie Zootopia, which was probably nominated for a Best Animated Feature because just about every single animated movie that is released is nominated for a, an Oscar. And yeah, except the that, ones I'm in. Say that to Finding Dory. <laughs> Weird, huh? Right? What's up with that? But it is like, you know, it's like I always uh, enjoy like uh, the musical category on Broadway at the Tonys because it's like, well, in a big year, there's maybe 10 or 12, right. n- you know, new musicals. And that's that's a lot. Um, what was the question? Oh, Zootopia. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, we've been talking about how I was going to come on this show uh, for a, a little while, a few weeks, and I had just heard you with uh, our boy Jason Ellis uh, talking about, you You just said something like, I think, did you pick Moana to win in the uh, animated category or uh, I'm something try- else? I'm trying to think of what I saw this year. You didn't see My this Life as a-, a Zucchini. You didn't see The Red Turtle. Oh, I, I did see The Red you Turtle. Did? Wow. I, and, and I can never unsee The Red Turtle. You know like. Did, do you know what we're talking about, I haven't about, seen ben? it. There's an animated spoil, movie called I, The Red Turtle. Can I spoil the entire plot in about Please. 20 seconds? Oh, man it. gets shipwrecked. Man is left for dead. Man tries to escape from island. Red Turtle repeatedly thwarts his attempts. He gives up. Red Turtle crawls up into the sand, dies, all of a sudden becomes a woman. They never speak. They have a child. The child grows up, walks away, which apparently was always an option from this island. Man dies. Woman turns back into turtle, crawls back into the ocean. No words are ever spoken. The end. Oh, it's like Castaway. Wow. <laughs> that sounds uh, right. Weird. Instead of Wilson, it's a turtle. It's a turtle. I was expecting a uh, you know a Spirited Away, a Princess Mononoke. I got I got because it's ha- I got a half Japanese kid because it's Studio it's Japanese Ghibli. And Studio Ghibli. Yeah, that's okay. a pretty strange plot turn there. There in the last third. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see this man passing into the autumn of his years. And, and dying exposed on a beach when I brought my kid and we bought some popcorn and had a seat now. So there's Zootopia, Moana, and then what's the other one? Uh, I don't know. Let me. There's like, one more. Why am I missing it? Trolls. Trolls. No, Trolls was not, not Trolls. bad. No, Trolls is just nominated for best song, I think. I Which it deserves. I don't think best uh, animated movie is Trolls. Um, but you are right about how there's not that many for them to choose from, but they do always manage to find some kind of obscure or foreign uh, animated movies to to pop in there. Okay, here we go. Oh, okay, yeah, I do have a problem with this. <laughs> Moana is probably going to win because... That's it, what you said on the show, and that's what made me want to discuss this topic, because I disagree. Because it checks the boxes, and I actually <laughs> felt like the little girl in me did respond to the song. <laughs> the song is kind of, for what the song is and needs to be, the song's kind of solid. Plus, everybody knows Oscar's so Hawaiian. Yeah. <laughs> Zootopia's a piece of shit. Um, did, you're, not, you're not in that Wait, one, what's the other one, though? Okay, the Red Turtle. Yes, I'm Bane and Zootopia as well. <laughs> <laughs> So Toby, you can't make it doesn't work when they do it hasn't it can work but it hasn't worked in a long time when they do kids movies for boys and girls. You serve two right, ma- you serve two masters and you please neither. Yes. This is these all of these points were made by you but what's the fifth movie that I'm not remembering? My so, life is a zucchini and what else? My life is a zucchini which is like a Disney movie if it was made by 
uh, by French nihilists. Yeah, it's. Uh, I saw the trailer for it. It, it looks. It's got an interesting look. I don't know if I want to sit through the whole thing. Yeah. Then there's the turtle, and then and then there is Kubo. Kubo and two strings. Which Kubo also... and the two strings. Yes. Yeah, I really like the animation of that, but I I could not get caught up in the story or the characters. I think that's fair. But people love it. A lot of people love it. But here's the thing: Zootopia is just the hands down absolute favorite, and has been uh, all the way. It's it's going to win. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I I could see your point that mm-hmm. it's trying to be for boys and girls. Yeah. And that you know that that would rock the sensibility of a grown man. Mm-hmm. But uh, the boys and girls didn't care. It's interesting to me. <laughs> it know, was a huge hit. Given the, <laughs> given the um, events that have transpired in the world and in our nation in the last six months or so, I take a fresh look at a lot of these animated movies, which it is true. Hollywood gets criticized for having this liberal agenda that is nowhere more uh, transparent than when it comes to animated movies, which always have incredibly progressive, incredibly liberal morals in the case of uh, Zootopia, the story is the prey and the predators live side by side, but the prey are very suspicious of the predators. Maybe they have a certain nature that they can't control. And there's clearly like this sort of racial allegory kind of fear of the other, fear of the outsider thing, which seemed really vanilla when I saw the movie, uh-huh. in which now I'm like, wait a second, are half the people who saw this angered? Not that they totally disagree with the message, but why did you have to shoehorn in this? But that's also, progressive... I mean, it's also true of the animal kingdom, uh, whether we make a movie about it or not, that there's a- animals that will eat other animals, and the ones that are potentially going to be eaten are going to be a- afraid of them. So it, it just works straight up as not an allegory. It just works as if they all talked and lived in cities, right? They probably would not want to live together. <laughs> right. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know how many parents were analyzing it, much less. I mean, yeah. you, you often just but take I think the it's really to take a nap. I think it's super cute. The uh, the voice acting is very good. I think Jason Bateman's a perfect uh, voice for a sly fox character. Yes. Can I? And So I, I like it. It's very colorful. And I, I haven't seen Moana, I must say, but... Um, they're, they're all no cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Can I? Can I? Can I? <laughs> My favorite animated movie is the Lego movie. Of course, the first one. The the first one. Yeah, I love the first one. The second one is is good in, at, at its own thing, but the first Lego movie had got to be the element of surprise. Like, I can't believe they made a movie about Legos and it's this entertaining. Right? Does this bother anybody else about cartoons in general? More so, cartoon TV shows. I get very frustrated when they make like cartoon shows, whether they're adult cartoons or kid cartoons, that just seem like like they'll always put it in. They'll always personify like whatever it is. Uh, animals or inanimate objects or food, but then they write the scripts not at all from the perspective of the animal or the food. It's just like human dialogue, but just through an animated fucking carrot. To me, what's the point? Why not just make the cartoon characters kids then or people? Well, that's what bugs me about the the Cars movies. Right. Is it's like, why do the cars have faces and they never acknowledge exactly. the existence of drivers? Yeah, they probably that, even like, have arms <laughs> that come out sometimes, right? Like, here you go. It's like, like, if you lived in a town that's all cars, would car race... Would a car race be really the central thing in your lives? Like right. <laughs> that, like right. You're essentially sprinting because also some of us are built to go faster. It, it's it doesn't come down to the skill of the yeah. car. And if you're not going to write it from what it would be weird if the thing was personified, then it's just pointless. They're just doing it. Oh, I can sell a cartoon if I instead of writing these five boys, I write five cars. Which is kind of what Sausage uh, Party is kind mm-hmm. of parodies that because it's right. kind of kind of. It shows you kind of how ludicrous it is that all the food right. talks. And, and the then, food has arms and And legs. then it's hilarious yeah. when the food starts getting eaten because it's like this horrible, yeah. like, war. I love yeah. Zombie Party. You know, horrible ba- battle sequence where they're all getting <laughs> yeah. chewed up and destroyed in different ways. Cars has more fen- fundamental issues like what is inside <laughs> of the cars. Yeah. Yeah, mm. why are, the, why are the, uh, the eyes on the windshield? Yeah. How do they... How do baby car? I mean, how? Why are there? Right. <laughs> why are there? How do they keep making more of them? How do they? Uh, how, how, do they, they how do they, can they make civilization themselves? without hands? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was the voice of of the Chevron Techron car. So were you? Yeah. And I, 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 say, got I still toy. say fuck it. I don't. I don't like the personification <laughs> of these cars. <laughs> I like that about you, Ben Glebe. You can't be bought. <laughs> That's right. Well, I can be for a short period of time. And when the contract's up, fuck you. <clears throat> well, we got to go, guys. Thank you both so much. Sincerely for doing this. 
Super fun. It was a lot of fun. Next time I'm on, I'll tell you about the third weird thing. Oh, yeah. We didn't even get oh, to the no, third no, weird thing. No, a good cliffhanger. Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, People, let's. don't tune in again until Ben Glebe's return. It's not even, <laughs> yeah. it's not even worth don't, it. Don't listen to the interim episodes. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know what he's here. Don't worry about it. So you get stand-up dates for Ben at BenGlebe.com. Idiot Test airs Thursday, 10 and 10.30 p.m. on GSN. You have Every the last Thursday. week on Earth podcast, and you're on the Today Show. Yep, once a month on the Today Show, and I'm traveling my stand-up tour, the Glebe Squad Tour, right now all over the country, coming up, Indio and and, uh, and Indio? Salt, Indio and Salt Lake City, all coming up, and Atlanta, Phoenix, and, and all these places, so come check it out. Phoenix, yeah, I said Phoenix, right? Yeah, I like, Indio. I like Phoenix. Phoenix good I'm not afraid of heat the way you're not afraid of cold. Is that right? Yeah, I yeah, love. I'm not as good at heat. I love Vegas and uh, Phoenix in the summertime. Yeah, I've always had a thing for moderate temperature. <laughs> Keep it moderate. 68, 72. <laughs> that could be a chapter that's in your book. <laughs> how to how to handle room temperature. <laughs> that's my sweet spot. You're at Doug Benson on Twitter, and your Comedy Central series, The High Court, premieres Monday, February 27th. If you're listening to this, odds are that's this Monday at midnight. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.